Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. We have been having a series called uh, Overcomers, all right? And what, I like this series because it's so practical. Praise the Lord. You know, the words of Jesus, quoting the words of Jesus in John chapter 16, verse number 33, he said, in this world you shall have troubles, you shall have tribulations, you shall have persecutions. But he said, cheer up, because I have overcome the world. So I like the way that he said, in this world you shall have, there are two things that are certain that he mentioned. One, the troubles are in the world. It's a fact of life. So I don't know what you are going through this morning. It might be financial distress, a bill that needs to be paid. It might be a marriage problem. It might be what they call barrenness. It might be cancer. It might be HIV and AIDS. It might be what they have called incurable disease, infirmity, sickness. There's a whole range of problems, troubles, whatever the name they can give it. But I'm so excited that it's not that Jesus is just given the troubles. He did not say there are troubles. But he says, cheer up because I have overcome the world. That's the second certainty. The first thing that we dealt with was that Jesus said there will be problems. The second thing is that he has overcome the world. Praise the Lord. Now, for us to understand the concept of overcoming, we have to understand that what you see is not everything there is. The realm that we are living in is the sin realm, where the physical senses operate. They touch, feel, smell, sight. My message this morning, I believe that is going to challenge that realm. Because that's where the troubles are in. The troubles are in the realm of the physical. However, what causes them, it might not be what you see. It's, it might be the unseen realm. I had a chance to spend a few years with my father. Now, for those who don't know, my father probably was born in the 1890s. Yes, you heard me right. They had to estimate the, the, his, his birthday at the time of his death, probably using the firstborn. And one day, because of age, he could not walk properly, and because of age, he could not see properly. But I knew that though I was that young, he used to call me to take him places, few places. When he wants to go to the toilet, he calls my name. And one day he checked out of the world. 
temporarily. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And when he came back into the world, into his body, so his spirit left the body, and he came back into his body. And I found him crying because he called me, and he told me, he said, son, I checked out of the world. Praise the Lord. From that moment, I understood that man is not a body only. You see, you are not the only, the, this physical thing. Later in life, when I was hit by lightning and I checked out of the world, praise the Lord. <laughs> it, became a, it became a reality because I saw my body. I saw myself leaving the body. And I said to the Lord, not before I marry, that's what I said. <laughs> of all things. <laughs> Immediately, you know, it's so surprising. In the realm of the spirit, there's no distance. There's no time. You see, I saw my body falling and hitting the ground. And by the time it hit the ground, I had come back into my body. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I'm so excited that he heard my prayer. Praise the Lord. I'm going to go further with this message. Now, you turn with me to the book of First John chapter number 5, verse number 4. Praise the Lord. I believe the scripture is up. There the Bible says, the Apostle John, in his epistle, he says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Praise the Lord. He says, whatsoever is born of God, it overcomes the world. Then he says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Praise the Lord. On verse 5 he says, who is he who overcomes the world? He poses a question as if he has not said it before. <laughs> he says, who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Lord. I am confused. Because on verse 4, he says, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. But on verse 5, when he answers, he says, whosoever believes in Jesus overcomes the world. So it means then that verse 4 is equal to verse number 5. What is basically meaning is that whosoever believes in Jesus is born of God. And that's what he said in the previous verse, in verse 1. In verse 1 he says, Whosoever believes in God is born of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. It is very important to understand that position because it's a fact. He's not talking a promise. He's not, it's not a promise that he has just said there. He's, he's making us understand who is guaranteed of the victory. He says, whosoever is born of God. I like whenever the Bible says whosoever. Because it fits me in the equation, you see. 
it, it does not matter where you come from because it uses whosoever. I, uh, uh, you know, English is not my first language, but I, I, I mean it, whosoever is whosoever. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> so he says, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world period. Now someone will say, how can I be born again? Because that's the question, brother. That's it. When he wrote in the Gospels, John chapter 1, verse number 12, he says, when he came to his own, when he came to the world, the world did not know him. The world did not receive him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Then he said, but as many as believed him, gave he the power to be called the sons of God, even those, oh my God, my God, my God. I like this part. He says, even those who were not born of flesh, nor of blood, nor of the will of men, but born of God. Do you understand? That to be born of God, you are qualified to be a son of God. You have the right to be called the son of God. Peter qualifies it better. He says, being born again. Being born again is the same as being born of God. It's the same as being the child of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, he says, being, bo being born again, not of the corruptible seed, but by the incorruptible, by the word of God that lives and abides forever. Which is the concept that Paul says in Romans 10 verse 9. He says, do not say in your heart, who shall go into heaven to bring Christ down? Because it, it happened. He says, do not go down and say, who shall go down to bring him from the dead? But I say unto you, the word, even the word we preach, is in your heart and is in your mouth. That whosoever shall confess the Lord Jesus, believing in his heart that God raised him from the dead, he shall be saved. There, the principle of salvation is settled. How do you get born again? You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead on the third day. But not only that, you have to first believe that God sent Jesus. Jesus came in the form of a man on earth. He died for your sins. He was buried and he rose from the dead and he will come again. That's the full package of the gospel. Praise the Lord. As simple as that, you are saved. Now, that knowledge is so powerful. It is very important to understand that by knowing that you are born of God, it, 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 it basically means that you have the natures and the characteristics, uh, characteristics of God. Praise the Lord. Let me ask you, what do dogs give birth to? Cats? God? You don't want to answer that one, right? <laughs> it's so, it's, 
God gives birth to what? <laughs> Praise the Lord. You need to understand this because the verse that we have just read, 1 John chapter number four, 5, verse 4, it says, whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. God is not at a point of disadvantage. God is never disadvantaged, right? Because he's God. And by his word, he gave birth to you, and you are now the child of God, which means the very life of God runs in you. You know, when I, when I want to say I am a God, it, it sounds blasphemous, isn't it? How can I be God? But if we read in the book of Psalms, chapter 82, verse 6, it says, the, the princes of this, of, this, of this world, they know nothing. They grow up in darkness. But if I not say that ye are gods, all of you are the children of the Most High, but you shall die as mere men. I've said something very important there. And I know it unsettles lots of people that how can I, how can you say that the very nature of God is in me? Yes. If you read further that chapter, you will understand that he says the life of God is in you. It's not me saying it. Now, let's read First John chapter number 4, verse 4. It will be up there on the screen. First John chapter 4, verse 4. John the Apostles writes, it was a chapter before this one. He says, Ye are of God, little children, and you have overcome him, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Not only are we born of God, but we are of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. You have to understand who you belong to. I am of God. Praise the Lord. You know, I have the backing of heaven. Praise the Lord. He says, ye are of God, little children. And ye have overcome. You see, the overcoming part, the reason why you have overcome is because you are of God. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Not only do you have the nature of God, but you carry God. You are a carrier of God. Amen. You carry God. Praise the Lord. Oh, my God. Oh, oh my God. You, you don't see what I'm seeing. Praise the Lord. How can I carry God? Praise the Lord. I said, you have to understand that you are not this body. Praise the Lord. Amen. You are not the body that you see. Amen. You are more than a body. Praise the Lord. And God dwells in our hearts by faith. By his spirit. He lives in us. Praise the Lord. I can safely say at this moment that we are supernatural. Praise the Lord. We are spiritual. Praise the Lord. Now, the supernatural reigns. It has power over the natural. 
The realm that you see. So the problems that you see coming in the natural, instead of dealing with them naturally, like a man, like a physical man, you have to switch into other realm. The realm of the spirit. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Because you are not the body. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Praise the Lord. God is in me. I want you to say this after me. Say, God is in me. I carry God. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am born of God. And whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. I overcome the world. Praise the Lord. Now, you have to understand the second part of the, of the scripture. So first John chapter number five, verse number four, it says, Who, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And then it qualifies. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Praise the Lord. Now you have to understand that when you were born again, you were translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God. Now in the kingdom of God where we are, they, we live by the principles of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. They are principles of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. And faith is the principle of the kingdom of God. And you cannot be born again and cannot work with faith. Praise the Lord. Because you have that faith. Otherwise, how were you born again in the first place? In the book of in the book of First Corinthians, chapter twelve, verse number three, he says he has dealt with every man a measure of faith. Praise the Lord! You have that faith, and in Romans one, verse number seventeen, you will see it now. The Bible says the the Bible there the apostle Paul says, "I'm not ashamed of this gospel. I'm not ashamed to preach the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation." He says to the Jew first and then to the Greek. And he says, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed, even from faith to faith. For the just shall live by faith. For the just shall live by faith. Now, that scripture, that's what I like. That says, the just shall live by faith. If it was only written in that place, I would have said that it's coincidence. Praise the Lord. But if you go into Hebrews chapter number 10, verse number 38, it says, the just shall live by faith. In Galatians chapter number 3, verse number 11, it says, the just shall live by faith. And they were quoting the prophet Habakkuk. In Habakkuk 2, verse number 4. Praise the Lord. Amen. The just shall live by faith. You shall live by faith. Praise the Lord. Now, faith is so important that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, yes, it is impossible to please God. If we read in the book of Hebrews, chapter number 11, verse number 6, the Bible says, through faith we understand that Enoch walked with God and was not found, for he was translated. But before his translation, he pleased God. And then he says, for it is impossible without faith to please God. For he who 
comes to God must believe that he is and is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. From this we understand what faith is and the definition of faith. Praise the Lord. What is faith? What is faith? We know what faith is not. So this world is, is it operates with, with the senses. Every day, if you are men of this world, you operate with the senses. Now, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7, it says, we walk not by sight, but by faith. It's, it's as if it's, it's telling you what not to look at. Praise the Lord. It says, we walk not by sight, but by faith. So faith does not operate in the realm of the sin. Am I confusing someone? <laughs> Let me go back to it. Faith, Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse number one, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says, for by it, verse 2, it says, for by it the elders obtained the good report. Verse 3, it says, for through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things that you see were not made by the things that you see. <laughs> He's saying the things that you see every day. He says, the worlds... They were not made by the things that are seen. Amen. The worlds are not framed by the things that we see. He is basically convincing us that there is unseen realm. Oh. Now, faith is believing or knowing that God is real and that his word can be trusted on. Amen. Faith does not make God real. Mm -mm. It does not make him real. But it is the response of your spirit to a real God. Amen. Oh my God. We have to understand what is greater than the other day. Faith does not make God real. Say, ah, by faith God is. No, we know that God is real and his word can be trusted on. Now faith is the response of the human spirit to the word of God. It is believing that I am what God says I am. I can do what God says I can do. And I have what God says I have. And saying it in response, in agreement. Praise the Lord. Let's read 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 13. Chapter 4, verse 13. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 13. It establishes what I've just said. Praise the Lord. The Apostle Paul says, We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. What do you believe in? What are you speaking? Because faith is expressed through words. You cannot speak what you do not believe in. 
What you speak constantly is what is in you. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What is in you? The kingdom of God is voice activated. The things of the spirit, they, they, they are expressed through the voice. Praise the Lord. Faith is expressed and established through speech. So, the realm of the things, if you want to effect change to your problem, if you want to effect change to the things that are troubling you, you need to speak to them. You need, what are you speaking? You are speaking the word of God. When you are born of God, you are of God, you are in the kingdom of God, and the principle of the kingdom of God is faith, and faith requires you to speak the word of God. The word of God in your mouth is like Jesus himself speaking. It has power. The word has power to destroy cancer. Someone is asking me right now, as, I say, as I've just said, it has power to destroy cancer. Someone is saying, does he know cancer? Someone is asking, does he know what he's talking about? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I said, and I'll repeat it. The word of God has the ability to accomplish what it says. And if you speak the word of God to the situation, it obeys. Because that's the principle of the kingdom. You believe and therefore speak. He says, according as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also, we also believe and therefore speak. The writer of Hebrews, no wonder he writes in Hebrews 13, verse number 5. He, he actually writes something very, very interesting. You can put up the verse. You know, he's, he's simply establishing this principle that when you believe in something, something that is written is for you to speak. Praise the Lord. Something that is written is for you to speak. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 13, verse number 5. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, so that we may also say, praise the Lord. He says, it is written. He has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Here he was quoting Psalms 118, verse 6. He says, for I will never leave you nor forsake you, that we may say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what men can do unto me. Praise the Lord. The other versions say, he has said so that I can boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I shall not be afraid. What can men do unto me? Amen. Praise the Lord. No wonder why God told Joshua in Joshua 1 verse number 18. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. Where? Mouth. He did not say that the book of the law shall not depart out of your heart. No. He says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. And you shall meditate therein day and night so that you may observe to do. And you shall have.
good success. Praise the Lord. And the word meditate they used in, 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 in Joshua is Hagar. It means to, to, to matter, to speak, to roar as a lion. The word of God. Praise the Lord. He says you shall meditate the word of God. It means you shall speak the word of God. You shall say the word of God. Praise the Lord. It shall not depart out of thy mouth. Praise the Lord. So, Jesus, when he comes into the scene, he establishes, he reinforces this, this principle of the kingdom. Praise the Lord. The Bible says in the book of Mark, of Mark chapter 11, Jesus, one day, he was walking from Jerusalem, from Bethany. The Bible says that he was with his disciples. And Jesus, the Bible says, being hungry, he went to a fig tree. He wanted something to eat. And the Bible says that he came to the fig tree and the fig tree had nothing to eat. And the Bible underlines for it was not the time for figs. Praise the Lord. And Jesus spoke to the tree. He says, no man shall eat the fruit thereof. And they went away. They went to Jerusalem. And on their way back, the Bible says, Peter and the disciples, they saw the tree. And they say, Master, behold the tree that you spoke to. It is withered. For it had dried from the roots. I don't know how they saw it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> but I think they figured that if everything is is withered. I think even the roots are withered. Praise the Lord. You see, the tree was spoken to. There were no, it's, it looked like there was no result. The day Jesus spoke, it looked like in the realm of the physical, nothing happened. But the following day, the Bible says it was withered. Probably the day he spoke the roots with that, but they did not see the roots. Probably the second day, that's when they saw that even the whole tree is with that. Now, when you speak to your challenge, the word of God, I'm telling you that you may not see the result that you want to see by your eyes. But in the realm of the spirit, you are changing circumstances. In the realm of the spirit, in the fullness of time, do not stop talking it. Praise the Lord. Do not speak, stop talking the word of God. Do not use your physical eyes. You speak to it and you say it has not happened. No. You are, you are using the wrong measurement. It's not by the sight. It's not by eyes. It's not your feeling either. I've spoken to this disease, but I'm still feeling. No, it's not in that realm. Praise the Lord. It's another realm. Say this after me. Say, I am who God says I am. Say like you believe it. I am who God says I am. I am. 
I can do what God says I can do. And I have what God says I have. My question is, do you know who God says you are? Do you know what God says you have? Do you know what God says you can do? Because if you know it, that settles it. That settles it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Because if you know, it settles it. Praise the Lord. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. You, have no, you do not have it because you have not spoken it. Praise the Lord. Do you not know that Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Praise the Lord. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. James chapter 3, James speaking about the same tongue. He says, a small thing controls this whole big ship. He says, the small thing controls the horse. He says, even the tongue, it controls the course of life. It means that even if you do not speak the word and speak something in the negative, it has power to be established. Therefore, I think you need to know the word of God. You need to take the word of God. You need to meditate on the word of God. You need to believe in the word of God. And you need to speak it. Praise the Lord. The last thing that I want to talk about is understanding the name of Jesus. That we are not only born of God. We do not only have God with us. You see, I like, I like what Paul says. Paul says, we have not come to that mountain, that bent. We have not come to that mountain that was covered with blackness, with tempests, with, with, with quakings. Speaking of Mount Sinai, praise the Lord. But he says, you have come to the mountain of God, to the city of God, to a heavenly Jerusalem. To a company of innumerable angels. To Jesus, the mediator of the New Testament. To the church of the firstborn. To the general assembly of God. Even to the blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. You have to understand that you have been translated into the kingdom of God. And into the kingdom of God there is faith. But also you speak faith-filled words in the name of Jesus. The other day I was facing a challenge and I was praying about it. Praise the Lord. And thank God. I, you know, you know what, what I just heard when I was praying? He says, for God has highly exalted him. And I know what it meant. Praise the Lord. You see, Jesus, when he came into the world, when he defeated the world, he, only, he did not conquer the devil first. Praise the Lord. Because he was tempted even by the devil. Praise the Lord. And Jesus in his all responses to the temptations of the devil, he says, it is written. Praise the Lord. He uses the word of God to defeat circumstances. Praise the Lord. He says, it is written. 
And when he died, he rose from the dead. And the Bible says that when he died, he went into hell. And the Apostle Paul says that he spoils the principalities. He overthrew the devil, praise the Lord. And he gave us the victory. Not only did he do that, he gave us his name. The Bible says, for God has highly exalted him and have given him a name that is above every name. I say everything that has a name bows to the name of Jesus. Does your problem have a name? I believe so. I think it has a name. Sometimes they call it cancer. In the name of Jesus, that cancer can die. Because Jesus is the name that is above every name. It is the name that is above every name to which every knee bows and every tongue confesses that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Every circumstance, every situation that has a name, it is beneath and it bows to the name of Jesus. So when you speak faith-filled words in the name of Jesus, you are substituting yourself Oh my God. Oh my God. There is a name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. You have to speak to it. Speak to that disease. Speak to that challenge. Joblessness. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, I speak to you. Go. Praise the Lord. You are taking charge. You are taking authority over circumstances in the name of Jesus. It is not, you know, it's not decoration when we use the name of Jesus. We are not just decorating our sentences. Do you get what I'm saying? It's not about religious, uh, being religious or being nice, you know, at the end of my sentence I have to quote Jesus. <laughs> no. <laughs> It means more than that. Amen. In all instances, I've been in accidents lots. And what I remember at one point, I was in this, uh, in this vehicle and it was over speeding. Um, I'll use kilometers per hour. It was traveling at about 120 kilometers per hour in a highway. And suddenly it veered off and overturned. And I was seeing what was happening. You know what I did? I just raised my hands. And I did not say anything else but Jesus. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Nothing happened to me. But people died. Lots of people died as a result of that accident. The, the bag that I was, that was on my back, everything that was in it was smashed. But nothing happened to my body. Jesus, praise the Lord. It is a name that is above every name. If you understand this, you are set. You need to use that name more. You see,
question is, what do you do when you face situations? What do you do first? Whose reports are you believe, Isaiah says? Whose reports are you believe? They said you have a few days to leave. Whose reports are you believe? Praise the Lord. Can we pray? Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.